0: Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. You know we're we're accomplishing a great work in in um, getting our new building. God has done a great thing. To there's an amazing building in Five Dock. Maybe give you a minute if you can find it. Possibly um, the actual picture of uh, the building that we're moving into. Most of us know where it is. It's a Great North Road. Five um, It used to be an old wedding reception, and we're in the process of renovating it. Um, we're blessed because we're paying... Um, it's not on Facebook. It is on Facebook? It's on Facebook. Hi, Facebook, people. <laughs> um, we're blessed because we got a really good price for the building. A really, really, really amazing, amazing price. And um, we are um, pouring into this by renovating it. Um, obviously, a lot of things that we're buying the, in this equipment is um, going to be taken with us. The majority of what we're purchasing is going to be for our future and for our next building, of course, um, which is going to be our physical home eventually, where we we trusting God will bring us to a place where we'll own um, our own place. And again, we don't do it just for ourselves. We do it for the next generation. Um, it's, I think it's important that we uh, establish God's house, God's kingdom um, here on earth, that we own things rather than we're always paying someone else rent. Okay? Um, so how, who wants to know how we're going? Yeah. We're doing quite well. We're doing really well. You guys are very generous. God you know, raised up a people that love His kingdom and are very, very generous. Um, the finance, I just want to show you a, a quickly, we've received together, we've raised $100,000 already. And that's amazing because it was that side of Christmas. It was December that we received uh, $100,000 towards renovating the building. And um, that $100,000, some of the things that we paid for is auditorium presentation, which um, we, we had to do a lot to the building. The whole building had to get repainted for our purpose and for the church. So painting a, a, a large building like that is expensive. Music equipment. We can't just go with these music equipment and go into a larger venue. We needed more things. We needed a new desk, a sound desk. We needed uh, new amps and new speakers so the music can go across to that larger space. Um, Kids' church, new presentation, and music equipment. The children's space is going to be phenomenal. Uh, we're really, the walls have been erected up. Obviously, we've had to spend money to build walls, uh, building a stage, and additional chairs that we have uh, purchasing. So that's where pretty much $100,000 has gone to. And we're trusting God for another 100, $150,000. That's all we need. You might think, that's a lot. It's actually not a lot when you're decking out a building like ours. And again, we're taking e- way more than two-thirds of it. Um, into our next building, and um, again, you've got to consider that we're paying the the, the rent is probably I'm trying to think probably half of what we should be paying. You know, we're blessed, so we, we got another venue. We'd be paying so much more money um, every year, so we're saving on that. Uh, but we want to do it well, and we are doing it well. We're doing it with excellence. We we want to move into this space. Uh, we're we're building it so that people would come, in the sense, the vision. You build a vision. Souls will come. We want to see people get saved. We want to see the community touched. Marriage is restored. People that were, I mean, I'm going to speak on it today because the building itself is a tool, but we're God's instrument. We as in, God's instrument uses the tool as a building to preach the gospel. And so the, the continual money is going to be on Inspire Kids room and the foyer that we're decking out. There's a brand new cafe that we've got to deck out and are decking out. Um, and the foyer area is going to be magnificent and it's going to be amazing, you're going to love it um, obviously the decorations and furnishings we have to buy furnishings um, parents room, decking out the parents room um, technical equipment like cameras TVs, sound like, like for example the parent room needs a TV so that people can watch the service while they're breastfeeding uh, people, I should say women um, <laughs> and uh, oh you, you men that help that's a good thing, fathers are good alright let's move on um, obviously, uh, sound, computers, all those technical th- things all adds up. Kitchen upgrade, you we, we, we know, we've been blessed with uh, Alex who's been uh, catering here. And we, uh, I think it's something like uh, $6,000 worth of equipment will help us have a caterer on site, will help us do functions, and, and she ends up paying rent for the kitchen anyway, which, which is far better in the long run. Um, and then uh, painting, electrical, carpentry. Street signage is important. We, we've got a main road that we want to do, really good street signage. Again, all these things cost and all adds up and very, very important. There's things that we cannot do without. Obviously, emergency, fire safety, equipment, check and set up. And obviously, the building had to be re- rewired electrically. Um, and obviously, more music equipment, new admin and office space that we needed to get at uh, furniture, And um, capacity, this is going to give us capacity for courses. Um, and and community activities we want to we want to put the venue is also for hire so the venue is for the community as well so it's not just our venue we're making it available for the community to hire as well and there's going to be courses marriage courses going to be a lot of different courses even uh, looking at um, uh, uh, music one what's it called Mainly mainly music which is a children's program and we just put on some children's program for the community, but a lot of we want to use the building to connect with our city and with our community. And so, um, as we give, that's where the finance is going to go to. One hundred fifty thousand. God has already blessed us generously. I know God is the one who provides our our needs as a church. And um, if you haven't given yet, and you God's been speaking to you about giving, again, there's creative ways that you can give. Um, you might say, "Oh, well, I don't know if I've got finances to give." Um, First of all, God's our provider. He really is. He, we've already given, and we, we, we want to give more. And um, God has already blessed us beyond what we gave already. It's just, that's just the way God is. He's just like that. That's His nature. That when we seek first His kingdom and put Him first, He, he blesses us. Um, he takes care of us. So there are the different ways that you can give. Always specify HFH Heart for the house, please. Um, if you're in an envelope, obviously you can tick it. Um, and if you're doing it online, then you'd have to specify. So we know that finances goes towards the building. Okay? Amen. Wonderful. Father, we thank you for your blessing. Even the finances that are coming in, we thank you. That the people are so generous. And we thank you that you are our great provider. And we thank you for all the finances that comes in, the people that you speak to, that we would respond to your voice in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. You've got your Bibles? We're going to go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Verse 16, I want to talk on your favorite subject, fasting. Fasting and prayer. Fasting not by itself, because fasting always connects with prayer and and spending time with God. We're going to talk about, because we're going into an annual time of fasting, where we encourage our people, that's you and me, we encourage us to seek God in prayer and fasting. This is the beginning of the year. And now, we, we, and I know it's, you know it's January and people got time off work and, and everything. And you want to f- do festivities and hang out and do barbecues. But you know what? It's the beginning of the year. So it's one of the best times to actually seek God. And say, God, I want to seek your face to get your direction, to hear from you, and to spend time in your presence so I get filled with your glory and your presence and your direction for the year. Amen? Amen. Fasting and praying is so powerful. Um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. Says here, moreover, when you fast, that's it. Jesus said, "When you fast." He didn't say, "If you fast." That means every believer should fast at one point. It's not—it's not a, a an, an option. It's not something I, I'll choose to or I, I might do. It's when you fast. Now, there's different ways of fasting, and I want to clarify fasting. Uh, obviously, when it comes to biblical fasts in the Bible, sometimes they abstain from food altogether and drank only water. So that's a biblical fast. Daniel, and we'll look at it in uh, chapter 10, uh, he talked about fasting um, or the choice food. That's meat, I reckon. Chicken, meat. Uh, He didn't eat anything but vegetables. He didn't um, have any nice, he called it nice food. He He didn't even look like he didn't even have a shower or bath for three weeks so don't do that please okay we want you to come smelling nice but three weeks we, we do encourage you don't get that biblical please but we do encourage you because if, if, vegetables is helpful like you still feel that you're faster. You, you get off bread and you get off carbs you get off pasta and you're just eating vegetables and fruit you'll go oh I feel fasted oh man and, and, and it's a beautiful thing I get, no one likes fasting if my, my flesh hates fasting my body doesn't want to fast. It doesn't say, Yes, Leo, we're going to fast. Excellent. And so nobody loves fasting in, with their flesh, with their physical body. But the benefits way out, outweigh the sacrifice of actually not eating, of fasting. Okay? And, and you can't fast, again, you can fast, like we said. Choice foods and just go on vegetables and fruit. Because then you'll be able to operate if you have to keep working. You have to get to work. And you'll have, you have a certain amount of energy to be able to continue your work. But you'll, you'll feel close to God. What happens is your flesh, by not feeding it, gets weaker. But by spending time in God's presence and reading the Word and spending time with God and praying, your spirit gets stronger. Okay, It doesn't change God at all. Doesn't change his willingness to bless you. It doesn't change you. Like you can't sacrifice. I'm going to fast, and because I sacrifice, I'm giving God a gift. Therefore, I expect to, you can't manipulate God to hear your prayer. You can't manipulate God to, to, to respond to you that way. But it does change us to hear and receive from God what He already wanted to do. So He already, he already wants to bless us, He already wants to give you breakthrough. But we have to put ourselves in a place to receive the breakthrough that he already wants to give us. So I like the fact that Jesus says, when you fast, not if you fast. And think about this, Matthew chapter 4 verse 2, Jesus fasted for 40 days. The son of the living God has no sin, complete fellowship with the father. I mean, his union with one, one with God, no sin whatsoever. If he didn't need to fast, I believe Jesus wouldn't have fasted. He didn't fast just for the sake of it. So you think about that for a second. If he didn't need to fast, why would Jesus, the Son of God, even fast? The Holy Spirit led him to fast. So it was good for Jesus and it helped him. Because the Bible says he was filled with the Holy Spirit. But when he went into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights and fasted, then he came back with the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Bible says, so he was filled with the Holy Spirit, the Son of God. If he didn't need to fast, he wouldn't have. But he himself abstained from food for 40 days and 40 nights. at six weeks. And he, um, after that, was filled with power. There's something powerful about that. Obviously, he, you know, the power is when the devil came to tempt him, he withstood and said no. And, and so the obedience is where the power comes from. Okay. Um, Nathan read the scripture that I was going to also read. And it's basically where the is found in Mark chapter 2, verse 18, where, the, where they actually came. Said, the disciples of John, they fast. Even the disciples of Pharisees, they fast. Why don't your disciples fast? Had accusation. Because they, they could see him feasting, eating, celebrating. And Jesus used these words. How can, the, how can the friend of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom's with them? It's like saying, so, you know, Josiah's going to get married, my son, and uh, end of March... When The day that he's about to get married, on Saturday, he chooses to fast. It's a wrong time to choose to fast because we're going to celebrate. So while the bridegroom's there, he's got all his best mates and all his best men's and, and the matrons of honours and all the maids. They're not going to choose to fast that day. Not you, but you know. They are going to celebrate. And Jesus is saying, I'm the bridegroom. They're my friends. Why would you fast while I'm with you? There will be a time when I leave. Then he says, then you will fast. Again, there's another example that Jesus says, when I'm gone, then you will need to fast. Why? Because it really humbles you, humbles your flesh. I'll I'll show you a scripture. I'm going to give you some scriptural stuff. The first one is found in Psalms 35 verse 13. And this scripture says, this is David saying, But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was, was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting is that powerful? So fasting is a powerful tool to humble yourself. I don't know how to explain it any other way, but you know what? What I know about pride is you don't know you need humbling until you humble yourself. I don't know I need humbling until I humble myself through choosing to fast, and all of a sudden, my pride just gets broken. Pride is an interesting thing because it's deceptive. You don't know you got pride, arrogance, self, self-arrogance, or self-reliance. That's what pride is. I rely on myself. I don't need anyone else. I just need me. That's pride. But when you fast, it's, so, it's a beautiful thing. Again, I, I want to show you, yes, it's, no one likes to fast, but the rewards are great. The rewards, are when you sacrifice, when you choose not to eat for the sake of wanting, getting, wanting to get closer to God, the rewards are great. And this is a great reward, to humble yourself before God. You know that God resists the proud and He gives grace to the humble. And you don't want, I mean, you can take on any demon from hell, but you don't want God resisting you. Yeah. So you humble yourself, and the Bible says God gives grace to the humble. We, we, gotta, we, we have a powerful tool to choose to humble ourselves through fasting. If you've never fasted before, I encourage you, fast, and you'll see how quickly it humbles you. I don't know how to explain it, but obviously your flesh is weakened. So even if Christine says something to me that agitates me, I just don't bite back. Couldn't be bothered. I'm so humbled. Win the argument. It's like, fine, you're the winner. Who? Like, I'm humbled. My pride doesn't get in the way. I don't get soft. My selfishness, has to. self-centeredness has to win. That's just pride. It makes you realize how, how proud we are in marriage. That's selfish. I really, what, what marriage has done for me, it, realized, it showed me how selfish I've been. And Christine's supposed to say, Amen. <laughs> it does, it really brings out, your. it shows you you've you really got to crucify the flesh in marriage. Because marriage is beautiful when you lay down your life for each other. If I lay down my life for her, thank you, honey. And she lays down her life for me. And we, what? We both, it's two ways, not one way street, two ways. <laughs> Humbling ourselves before God is a beautiful thing. And fasting is a powerful tool. If you haven't fasted before, I encourage you to. Um, first time I ever fasted, I fasted till six p.m. at, not, till, you know, like no breakfast, no lunch, and ate at six p.m. And you don't know how I was walking around like this, looking at food, and I was in the shopping center. It was so hard just to six p.m. on one day, and I couldn't wait to eat. That was hard because I, I'm so used to eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner, um, and and so you know, just start with. Maybe two meals. I mean, you might want to skip one. And go, I'm starting with one not only. You know, but but breakfast and lunch, and maybe and then choose to eat at six p.m. Don't overeat. Don't go blah, 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 and eat the two meals that you missed. <laughs> Just be wise. <laughs> um, humbling ourselves. Number two, found in Daniel chapter nine. Daniel chapter nine, it tells us here we can. I believe that fasting is used as a tool a tool to help you seek God and focus on Him. To help you seek God and focus on Him. We need to be able to seek God and focus on Him. Where did Daniel go? Let me read it. But as for me... Sorry, this is where it is. And I set my face to the Lord... To seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. So I set my face to the Lord to seek with prayer and supplication and fasting. So he chose to fast to seek God. And in this time, it talks about him praying. For the, you know, he talks about him pretty much confessing the sins of Israel that we we fell away from the law of Moses and this has come upon us because of our disobedience to your law. He says, Father, forgive us. He took a personal. He made it like he himself has done it as well. Not just the people need to repent. He says, we. He took ownership of the sin and he says, God, and he's confessing and he's confessing and he found out in in um, Daniel nine, he found out from Jeremiah the prophet from reading his scripture that they would be in. Um, Captivity for 70 years. When he found that out, that that Jeremiah prophesied that they go into captivity, and he felt like, oh, it's 70 years. Then he prayed and fasted for them to get out at 70 years. So he made, he prayed and interceded for the word of the Lord to take place. So as he's praying and as he's crying out to God and he's speaking, the Bible says, as he's speaking to the Lord, the angel Gabriel came. He had an encounter with God. He chose to fast and humble himself, to seek God, It's like it brings focus to you. I can't explain it any other way, but it does. It focuses your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings, your attention on the Lord. It's a powerful tool. We need to preach about it more often because it's so powerful, some of us don't ever use the power that's behind fasting because it focuses. I set my face to the Lord. I mean, Daniel got great revelation when Gabriel came to him. And in chapter 10, there's another period. Many, many years later, another king was in rulership. He chooses to fast again. This is when he does a three-week fast on vegetables. Yes, I have not, didn't eat anything for three weeks that was you know, nice and meat and all that stuff, and, but just vegetables and, and fruit. And he's seeking God. Now, I think in his heart, he's probably saying, I'm going to seek God until I, I, I get an answer. I'm going to seek God until I get the breakthrough. I don't think 21 days was the magical number, personally. I just believe in his heart, he made a focused decision. I'm going to seek God. And as he does, we get the the message. You read it in Daniel 10. Gabriel comes again. This is another time though. Gabriel comes again and gives him, tells him, I was was sent the moment you humbled yourself. The moment you started to pray, I was sent from heaven. Just think about this for a second. The moment I humble myself, I'm going to choose to fast and pray. I'm going to just spend time with God, whether it's a three-week period, two-week period, one week, whatever I choose to do, I choose to fast seek God. The moment I humble myself to seek God, God the Father says, Gabriel, yes, Father, yes, God, or something. (laughs) And Gabriel, yes, go down to Daniel, give him the message that I've given you. And he goes down, the Bible says, Gabriel said that he was resisted by the princes of Persia. There was fighting happening in the heavenlies. There was resistance because it took 21 days to get through and I couldn't get through. Michael, the archangel, was sent from heaven, the headquarters, and he had to come and, 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 and strengthen my position and I got through. He held them back. I got through to bring you the message. And there's some things happening up there. It shows us that's where we get spiritual warfare from. Well, it's one of the powerful foundations of understanding something up there is happening. But the moment you humbled yourself, Gabriel was sent, but he didn't get, didn't get through for three weeks. That's a long time. Yeah. But know that you're answered straight away. Now, in the New Testament, it's different. I believe Jesus already broke it all open, and we're, we've got a channel to heaven. We're open heaven. It's, we already have the access. We already come bold into the throne. I believe it's different. But when you humble yourself, you're still setting your heart and your focus to seek God. That time when Gabriel did come, gave uh, Daniel, uh, the revelation of the end times, gave him revelation of Jesus coming. gave gave him the, the, the was it the um, to remember the, the, the seventy weeks times seven and it was four hundred ninety years and they'll bring come into the captivity and then and the Messiah would come and he'll be cut off. Gave him great revelation and a lot of revelation for the end times. He says, "This is not all going to be for you now, but it's going to be for the for the end times." So, so his fasting didn't just benefit himself; benefited humanity. We get to read Daniel. Thousands of years later, because one man sought God. God breakthrough. The stuff that God wants to give you and give you messages from heaven that you won't get unless you pray and fast. I'm convinced of it. Unless you're hungry. If you're not hungry for it, God's not gonna just drop it on your lap. You got there's gotta be an element of God, we're hungry for this. I'm hungry for what God wants to do in 2019. I know we're hungry for what God wants to do. So God is awakening the church. Australia has been awakening to prayer. And what's better to couple prayer? Fast and pray together. When you, when you, there's that, that break, it humbles you. There's another scripture that I want to show you. It says that fasting afflicts the soul. You choose by decision to afflict the soul. How do you afflict the soul? I choose to afflict my soul. Uh, The way I understand it is because I choose to not eat uh, when your body is connected to your soul. Because when your body hasn't got food in it, your soul is connected. It doesn't have the energy. It doesn't have the strength. So I'm choosing to afflict and humble myself. It doesn't have... You're not giving it the energy. So I choose to afflict myself for the sake of getting close to God. My flesh gets weaker, but my spirit gets stronger. No No point... Fasting, if you're not going to choose to feed your spirit and spend time with God. The whole point of fasting is to spend time with God. Does that make sense? Because we're not changing God's mind about anything, we're not twisting His arm about anything. He wasn't like, Oh, I'm not going to do it, but oh, now that you're fasting, now I'm going to do it. That's only changing your heart to get into a place of God and receive faith, to receive it with faith. You know, Joel chapter 2, uh, the whole book of Joel to me is a book of revival. Because it talks about the judgment of God, the locusts coming in and, and destroying everything. And, and basically it says, call a solemn assembly. Call everybody to fast. Proclaim a fast. Get everybody. Even says, get the bridegroom. It'd be like me saying, Josiah, and you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna eat that day, you're gonna fast. And even if you're pregnant, it says pregnant women, children, everyone. Gather them to pray. That's what the scripture says. I'm not saying that we should do that to the pregnant women. All right. But I'm saying, the scripture is saying. Gather everyone to fast and pray. And as they did, it says, Then the Spirit of the Lord was poured upon all flesh. That's the scripture of the last days. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come, and the sons and daughters will prophesy, and you know, handmaidens will prophesy, and the children will prophesy. And it's like when you pray and fast, you're preparing your heart for revival to come. It's why? Because it's a picture of seeking God. It's, still, it's strengthening the point of when you fast and pray, you, you're choosing to seek God and focus your face on His face. Amen. Amen. Number three is fasting it helps you to encounter God. We find that in Daniel chapter 9 because he encountered an angel and God's presence and God spoke to him and gave him a message directly. Cornelius, I don't know if you know about Cornelius, the centurion, the Bible says he was fasting. That's found in Acts chapter 10, verse 30. Cornelius was fasting and praying, and he encountered an angel from, her, from heaven and was led to salvation because of his fasting and praying. So he fasted, and then God sent an angel because Cornelius was seeking, out, seeking God. So fasting helps you, again, prepares your heart to encounter God. Number four, fasting gives you direction from the Lord direction that's found in acts chapter 13 verse 2 as they ministered to the lord and fasted the holy spirit said separate me barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto i have called them so as they ministered this is the the leaders in the book of acts that as they were ministering to the lord your greatest responsibility is to minister to the lord first they ministered to the Lord. They weren't trying to hear God. They're not saying, I'm going I'm going I need to get breakthrough. They're just ministering to the Lord. So as just ministering to the Lord, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, again, what's what's happening? They're focusing, setting their hearts to God. It's helping them encounter God because they heard the Holy Spirit speak. And as they because they humbled themselves and they got direction from God. It helps you get direction. You know the fast I've had, I, I fasted, I think, I'm trying to remember how long it was. For my wife, it was one week. I think I, I, I went on a seven-day fast to find out if she's the, the woman I'm to marry. Why? it was a big decision. It's an important decision. Now, I'm not saying everyone needs to fast, but I just happened, I was a young man. I didn't have much direction from, you know, leaders around me. And I wanted to make sure I didn't make a mistake. And so I fasted for seven days just to say, God, I want to be sure this is from you. And he made it very clear to me in my fast and he, her direction. Again, I'm not saying you have to do that. Because sometimes you just know that you know, you know. Um, i done that with the church plant. I went on a, no, that wasn't for the church plant. I went on a two week fast once, just on water, just to hear the call of God on my life. So, God, what am I called to do? Am I an evangelist? Am I a pastor? What am I supposed to do with my life? I knew it was full time somewhere, but I went on a water, a water fast in Phillip Island, had a home, and I stayed by myself for two weeks to seek God, to say, God, I want to hear from you. So things don't just come easy unless you're willing to pay a price. I'm just trying to encourage you, not to tell you oh, what I've done, but just to encourage you and stir your faith and say, you know what? If we want to see God move in our lives, say, God, as the Lord leads you, fast and pray. Get direction from the Lord. Mark Mark chapter 9, verse 29. This is certain breakthroughs will not happen unless we pray and fast. Do you believe that? Certain breakthroughs won't happen Found in Mark chapter 9. Now I know Jesus has paid the ultimate price and he's defeated the enemy. He's totally stripped Satan of all authority. There's an enemy that tries to hinder, hinder what God wants to do. Again, fasting doesn't change what God wants to do. It puts our heart in a place to receive with faith what God already wanted to do. Mark chapter 9. Let me find it verse 29 this is a story when jesus comes down from mount transfiguration he has an encounter with god and in verse 29 it says this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting this is when the disciples were given a little boy that was demon possessed and the d- demon would would really make him throw himself in the fire, throw him in the water, Tried to kill him sometimes. And he had fits and everything. And so the disciples prayed. The disciples tried to pray the demon to get out. They're casting it out, doing all they know to do. And they couldn't deliver the little boy. So Jesus comes down from mountain transfiguration with Peter, James, and John. They had a powerful time in prayer. And the glory cloud came and God spoke. And so they're encountering God, seeking God in prayer. They came down. The disciples tried to, couldn't do it. In that instant, we could easily say it mustn't be God's will, because we prayed, and it didn't happen. So, just because we pray and it doesn't happen, doesn't mean it wasn't God's will to heal. Right. Yeah. They brought that little boy to Jesus, and that boy, remember that man, man was crying out. The father says, God, "You know, please, if you can do anything, if you can do anything, please deliver my boy." And Jesus said, "If I can do anything, all things are possible to them that believe." He says, "Well, then help my unbelief." And then, then when the crowd came. Jesus spoke one word and a demon came out. When they went back to their home or in their private time, the disciples said, how come we couldn't do it? And Jesus said, the first thing he says is because you're unbelief. But this kind does not go out except through prayer and fasting. So certain things need a lot of faith. Jesus didn't go, hang on a second, let me go and pray and fast. He was in that place of relationship with God. He was in that place of hearing what the Father wants to do. And he could hear the heart of the Father, could see the Father's heart, what he wants to do. He knew it was God's will and he just spoke it with the authority he had. The demon left and got set free. But Jesus said to them, some of the times these things don't come out unless this kind doesn't come out except through prayer and fasting. The prayer and fasting changes your heart to receive what God wants you to do. It brings your heart to a place of faith to receive what God wants to do. Does that make sense? So important to understand that. But certain breakthroughs, That God wants to give us as a church corporately won't happen if we're not willing to spend time with God. Please don't hear it as a works mentality. I'm trying to go against that because it's not works. can't convince God to do anything with your sacrifices. He's done it all for us. But there was a time in uh, the story of Esther. Powerful story. You know, Naaman was an evil, wicked man, but he was really high up with the king. He was almost second in charge with with the king in those days. And Esther became the queen, as you know. She's a Jew. She's a woman, a beautiful woman. was like a beauty pageant to find the right beautiful woman who's going to marry the king. And she became the queen. And then this Haman man couldn't handle Mordecai. Mordecai is a Jew. He's also high up, but he wouldn't bow down to the king. He wouldn't humble himself. He wouldn't bow down to Haman and all these things. So eventually Haman gets so upset and angry, he tells the king, you know, there's a, there's a, people, a, there's a group of people in your kingdom that have their own laws. They have their own values, their own laws, and they, would, they don't bow down to you. These people ought to be annihilated. They need to get destroyed. And so the king goes, yeah, I, I agree. Because if they don't bow down to me, they, don't have, they have their own values and they have their own laws. And so he convinces the king to write a decree to send to 127 provinces to kill all. This particular date, there's a decree, a document. This particular date, everyone's allowed to kill the Jews. All the Jews are going to be killed. And when the Jews got the document, everyone started weeping and crying. But a lot of them started fasting. It says that in the Bible. Mordecai, who's the Jew, I think he was the uncle of Esther. He tells Esther by a messenger and says, you need to approach the king. And the first thing Esther says, if I approach the king and she doesn't hold out the scepter, I could die. Scepter, thank you. I could die. Thank you, honey. I need you here. You need to help me. You can. She's a bit afraid. She's sort of, you know, you know, you realize I can't just approach. And I haven't been called to see the king for 30 days. She's basically saying, I can't go there because I could get killed. And Mordecai says, do you think you're going to escape this judgment? Do you think you can get away from this just, just because you're the queen? You're a Jew. He goes, And if you don't bring deliverance, God will bring deliverance another way. That's how he said it. Isn't that powerful? The, what faith! If Mordecai was weeping, crying, fasting he, when he heard the decree. This is serious. They can get killed, the whole, whole Jewish people. And then she responds and says, tell everybody to pray and fast for me. I'll go in. She's risking her life. But she says, Tell everyone to pray and fast for three days. The Bible says all of them prayed and fasted for, for three days. She would have fasted for three days. She waited. They're calling on God. Again, it prepared their hearts to receive faith. And as, as they're praying and fasting, the king gets a sleepless night and he can't handle. he can't sleep. That's God. That's God answering prayer. So he says, go get the historians and go have a look at the... Just read me some stuff. And they read him where Mordecai stopped an assassination to the king. He stopped... He goes, was anything rewarded to this Mordecai? And they go, no, nothing was done for him. And, and so he makes up his mind, I'm going to do something for Mordecai. But then Haman comes in and he says, Haman, what should I do for the man I want to honor? And Haman thinking, he's talking about me. He says, you should do this, 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 and that. And so he gave him the, this, this robe and he made him walk in the streets and everyone was bowing down to. he couldn't handle it, anyway Haman gets um, hung on the, his own halos that he built, he built some, like a place to kill Mordecai the whole thing turned around everything turned around and the Jews had the opportunity to destroy any enemies that wanted to kill them now I, my response to that is what if they responded with no one sought God no one fasted, no one prayed what could have happened If God didn't come and intervene? The king's heart had favored Esther, puts out the scepter. What What if they didn't fast? What if they didn't seek God? I think the things would have been totally different. That's true of Jehoshaphat. You remember the story of Jehoshaphat, where the king Jehoshaphat, four to five kings got together and they're already marching against Israel. They're literally over the hill somewhere, probably, probably 50 k's away. They're already there. They've seen them. They're on their way. Everyone freaks out. It's like saying the countries from a certain region came down into our country and are walking down from uh, Cairns. And we know they're coming. We saw them. They're soldiers. There's hundreds and thousands of them. What would Australia do? What would we respond like? Would we fast and pray? Would we humble ourselves like they did? The king made a decree we should all fast and pray. They all got on their knees and they sought God with fasting and praying. Again, my question is what if they didn't do that? What if they just thought, reacted in fear, went in their own strength, and get our best soldiers, go out, and let's take them on? That could have got wiped out. But the Bible says a prophet spoke, this is not your battle, this is the Lord's battle, and they got the musicians. They got the priesthood, the Levitical priest that, with musicians, and they sang, sent them in the front line. And they were singing. And the Bible says when they got over the hill as they climbed and they eventually saw the army, the army were all, every single one of them, laid dead. They killed each other. They literally, out of fear, who knows how it happened, the ambush came upon them. The Bible says God sent ambushes, and they all reacted and killed each other. Imagine going in and they're all gone. They're and they took the spoil, it took them three days to take the possessions of the army. Three days. What did they do? They prayed and fast, gave them great deliverance, great breakthrough. But they could have reacted with fear. So fasting brings us into a place to hear God. Amen. There's a lot more things that running out. I've run out of time, but maybe I can have Leon come up. Number five, it's found in First Kings. I'll just quickly tell you, chapter 21, verse 29. Ahab humbled himself before me. Because he humbled himself before me, I will not bring the evil in his days. So, because I, I, um, Ahab humbled himself, the, the, the judgment was delayed. So as we pray and humble ourselves and fast, God's judgment that would have come gets delayed and pushed back. I just want to read you 1 Corinthians 7. This is the New Testament, so we can finish off with understanding the light in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. It's really interesting. Not many people speak about this. Chapter 7, verse 5. What it says, first of all, read verse 4, because I like verse 4. Christine knows I love verse 4. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. It's hmm. just interesting. Wow. <laughs> In the context of marriage, if you live that, that would be really powerful. Think about it for a second. I don't have authority over my own body, but wife has authority over my body. I don't have authority because I lay down my life and my body is for her. She lays down her life. Her body is for me. Isn't that beautiful marriage covenant? that's in the Bible. And in that context, it says, Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. Do not deprive one another of sexual relationships when you're married, but with consent for a time through fasting and prayer. In other words... Fasting and prayer should be such a relational lifestyle thing, a lifestyle thing that you should communicate with your husband or your wife saying, I feel that God is calling me into a prayer and fasting time. Uh, like a one week or two weeks. Because when you go on a real fast, you don't want to have sexual relationships. Because you've usually your body gets so depleted. And so in other words, don't just deprive them. Don't say nothing about it. And just, I'm fasting and oh, I didn't know you were fasting. Like, Be, be courteous about it. Say I'm seeking God for the next three weeks. I'm going to be fasting for three weeks. So let's let's consent to abstain from one another sexually. It's talking about and look what it says. And come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control in a marriage covenant. Your lack of self-control. Now, just interesting. Satan doesn't tempt you. In other words, it's beautiful. At a relationship, it's beautiful. To seek God. And to me, it speaks of lifestyle. Uh, Prayer and fasting should be in our lifestyle. Even in our marriage, we need to be communicating with one another and saying, hey, I feel like I want to seek God for the next couple of weeks. Does that make sense? But what comes out to me is that it should be a lifestyle that affects our marriage. It affects our family, our children. Amen. So... I really don't want you to say, I, I, you know, I don't want anyone to think, oh, wow, that was a good message. It's not about being a good message. I want people to do this. I think God wants us to do this. Again, how God leads you. Start with two meals. Start with one day. Sometimes just one day of water is good. You know, if you only do vegetables and fruit, that's good. For me, I don't feel like I'm fast. That's me, all right? I do feel like I'm fasted. Don't get me wrong. But compared to a water fast, fruit and veggies is pretty easy. It is. I mean, compared to water, obviously. um, I still struggle with fruit and veggies. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) My flesh doesn't like to fast. Like your flesh doesn't like to fast. That's why I'm saying, it's not going to be one of those, whoo, yes, messages. (laughs) But I really want us to, you know, God, how do you want me to? Amen. Obviously, if you're, if you're if you're on medication or you're ill or you, you know, please seek your doctors. If you're pregnant, you're giving life to a baby, don't fast unless you get medical doctors' advice. Okay. Um, the dates that we're starting is on the 13th of January, which brings us to the third of February, which meant second, but the third is when we break it, because um, that's the opening Sunday. So it's just three weeks before. But again, you can do it as you like. If you feel I, I, I can only do one day a week, then do that. If you can only do Saturday, just Saturday. If you, so, sometimes this is a powerful fast. Just fast TV. Fast Facebook. Fast anything technology. You'll probably be... <laughs> Tena's laughing. You'll love, just get in the Word for three weeks and t- turn everything else off except this. That would be a great fast for some of us. Do you reckon? People say, I don't got much time for the Word. You don't have time for the Word. Turn everything off and, and get in this Word for three weeks. So it might not be... Maybe God is saying to you, you can continue to eat, but turn everything else off for three weeks. And that might be the fast that you choose to do before the Lord. Or you might want to do fruit and veggies for two weeks or one week, two days a week. Whatever works for you, okay? it's not. It's not... We're just encouraging us all together. Let's seek God. Amen. Our prayer meetings start back this Tuesday, and it will be every Tuesday, 6.30. Okay. Not 7 p.m., right? Yeah. 6.30 to 7.30 is our prayer time, and you're very welcome. This is a time of seeking God. If you're in that time of prayer and fasting, come 6.30 together. Best way to learn to pray is to, to be in a prayer meeting really is. You can read books on prayer meeting, but be in a prayer meeting. Catch that spirit of prayer. Amen? Can I pray for us? Father, we just thank you so much for your word. We, we are encouraged by your word. We, we know it's in the Bible all over. Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Lord, we thank you that uh, you encouraged us all over the Bible about fasting and prayer. It was a lifestyle choice a lifestyle to seek your face to set our face to seek you God And we praise the church Lord as we go into this new year that we put you first place in our lives even above food Lord we love food everyone loves food but we love you more Lord even above our daily food so Lord we we humble ourselves we sacrifice meals days sometimes as you lead us to seek your face to hear from heaven to hear your voice, to encounter you, to receive breakthroughs that we would never receive before. And we thank you for this year. will be great breakthroughs in so many areas. Speak to your people, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com, or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.